0: Ditch the clowns on the left and the
3: jokers on the right
0: and join Michael Smirkanish right here in the middle.
3: This
4: is the Smirkonish podcast for
3: independent
4: minds. Gang, how often have I said here in the last six months? We have no idea what's about to unfold. There's no way that we can anticipate the twists and the turns Of the 2024 campaign, when we see these polls, I talk about them a little bit too much. For some of your tastes, I get it. I regard them as a snapshot in time, and I am the first to say that was accurate, perhaps as of the time that it was in the field. And we're already beyond that. Or you've heard me say, there are people that we've never heard of, whose names, you know, we don't know. Things that we could never anticipate that are about to influence what might be the most important event, election speaking, of our lives. How insane has been the last 24 hours? You know, yesterday, a SCOTUS argument on whether a former president can be booted from a Colorado ballot and other ballots by extension, and yet here I am today starting the Friday program, and I don't even intend to discuss that. By the way, Trump not jeopardized By the Colorado initiative, I I do want to make the point that the things I said yesterday stand. He's in jeopardy, and he's in jeopardy from the Supreme Court of the United States, but it's from what the court will do in the next 10 days relative to the timing of the January 6th case. Yesterday, we released as a daily podcast my interview with Professor Tobias Wolf from Penn Law, where he's an expert in, in civil procedure. We went through, you know, all of the what's about to unfold. SCOTUS will soon indirectly decide and set a timeline for the trial before Judge Chutkin when they determine whether to issue a stay. But that's not the story today. The story today is captured by the New York Times headline that says legal exoneration, political nightmare. Holy crap. What a rough couple of days for the president. Uh, and on an issue. And here's the thing. I mean, on an issue that by definition can't get better. You know, if the economy craps out on a president's watch, there's always the prospect that it's, you know, better days are coming. There's light at the end of the tunnel. The issue that plagues him the most is one for which there is no recovery. Oh, there, there might be fits and starts of, 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 of competence and uh, firing on all cylinders, but what afflicts him afflicts us all sooner or later. I mean, first it was Helmut Cole, and then it was Francois Mitterrand. I said here on POTUS, no wonder they've bypassed the opportunity to do a Super Bowl interview. Stop and think about that for a moment. We are going to commune on Sunday. We don't as a nation get together like we will on Sunday anymore. We all go our separate ways in terms of our viewing habits, our listening habits, those with whom we mingle or not. It's my whole mantra, it's my whole it's why I'm I'm launching this new initiative and in speech to try and raise awareness of how we are leading such disconnected lives, and especially our kids, and it's not good. It's just not good. So, you know, now what's going on relative to the president— is that he had an opportunity where that one chance that we get together as a country, he bypassed. And why did he bypass it? The only conclusion I can come to is because the staff, he, maybe, I don't know, the family, were so worried that he'd say something inappropriate when the entire nation was watching. And now it's being spun as a debate as to the propriety of Robert Hur, the special counsel, including things in the report that were a poor reflection on a president running for re-election. You know, why why did he put in all the the the, the business about Bo Biden? Well, I'm going to explain it to you because I'm I'm here to defend the inclusion of that information in the report. I believe it to be relevant. The president according to this report and again, look at it, look at the images, you know, read the evidence, he was incredibly lax he was negligent he was careless he was he was reckless with his handling of classified materials i i'm i'm telling you this it was beyond what i anticipated i've said to you earlier in the week hey this report's going to come out i said i said to my my cnn gang because this was another one of these weeks where we had a really good show put together like on wednesday it's like oh we're going to have these guests and talk about these issues it's going to be great and then everything goes out the window and and I, I said earlier in the week to my CNN team and to TC, I said, you know, this report's going to come out. It could be big. But I had, I had no expectation that it was going to be as comprehensive as it was and as damning. Those photographs are the equivalent of Mar-a-Lago. I mean, in, in Joe's case, they're next to the dog crate and not next to the toilet. And he knew it. He knew it. And, and how do we know he knew it? He acknowledged in a recorded conversation with a ghostwriter that was in like uh, 2016 or 2017. I mean, there's just not a factual dispute here that I can see. POTUS says that it wasn't willful. The special counsel says that it was willful. And I think he makes a convincing case. Yeah, I, I know everybody's, oh, Trump, Trump, Trump. I've been the one telling you that the, the most ironclad case against Donald Trump is the Mar-a-Lago case. Because they've got him dead to rights, it seems to me, on the texts, on the video, on the time, on the place. There's a difference between the two in terms of, uh, you know, motivation and response. In Trump's case, he wanted shiny objects. He wanted to be able to impress his guests. He wanted to stroke his own ego. I do not believe that Donald Trump kept what he kept to sell us out. If he kept what he kept to sell us out, he'd be being prosecuted for that. That was not Biden's motivation. Biden doesn't keep the stuff to impress his friends. That's not the way he's built. He wanted to write. He wanted to write books, and he wanted to protect his legacy. And the other difference between the two is that Trump was obstinate. Trump was recalcitrant. Biden, maybe upon seeing what was happening to Trump, he cooperated. But both of them were reckless. Both of them were reckless, in my opinion. Here's the way the report begins, because I'm not going to presuppose that anybody has yet had a chance to to take a look at it. Page one. This is the executive summary. Our investigation uncovered evidence that President Biden, I'm going to add a little emphasis here, willfully, like he knew what he was doing, retained and disclosed. Yeah, and disclosed. Classified materials after his vice presidency when he was a private citizen. These materials included marked classified documents about military and foreign policy in Afghanistan and notebooks containing Mr. Biden's handwritten entries about issues of national security and foreign policy implicating sensitive implicating sensitive intelligence sources and methods. I mean, come on. Those are the very those are the very claims made about Donald Trump. From the intro, it also says, but we're not going to prosecute him. How come? Why aren't we going to prosecute him? Well, prosecution of Mr. Biden is unwarranted based upon our consideration of the aggravating and mitigating factors. Huh. What might those be? The fact that he's an old man and he doesn't remember. And they spell that out in painstaking detail. Listen, um, there are parts of this that I'm going to quote for you, but there's something that that you may have already heard in other analysis on it. Nobody else is focused on on something that I found of significance. I, you know, you'll be able to tell me if and when I get to the phones as to whether you find this to be uh, significant. On page 61 of the report, there's a recounting of a letter to a file, a CYA, you know, a memo, like, hey, I got to protect what's just taken place here because I've seen something that alarms me. This is the kind of stuff that in real time I think is so valuable when you go back and reconstruct. It's, it's akin to me talking to you in the past about two people with competing recollections of the weather, but one of them went to a wedding that day. Like I went to the, it was pouring that day. You know how I know? Because I went to a wedding and it was outside. And the other person says, I think it was a sunny day. I'm going with the wedding. Page 61 of the report. Just going to pick this up midstream. Soon after, a military detailee, not detainee, detailee, somebody who's been detailed to work in the vice president's office, working on the executive secretary team, raised her own concerns about the uh, handling of Mr. Biden's note cards. After learning that Mr. Biden wanted copies of the note cards for use in writing his book after the administration has ended, the detailee raised concerns that the notes contain classified material commingled with Mr. Biden's personal notes. According to the detailee, the executive secretary, Kristen Bakatik, who was also a detailee from the military, disagreed and concluded that the notes belonged to the vice president and should be made available to him without restriction. Because Bacolic outranked the detailee, the detailee sent an email to herself, quote, for the record. In which she explained her belief that the notes were being mishandled and documented her request not to participate in any project or meetings that involve these records. Like she said, I don't want to be involved with this. He shouldn't have access to this information. And to protect herself, she created a record, by the way, never went public. You know, not looking to write a book, at least not then. Just it's part of the file that the feds found when they went looking at this issue. You heard the president last night. He said, well, you know, I was I was interviewed for five hours over two days. The strike on Israel from Hamas had just taken place. The purpose was to show a little bit of vim and vigor. You know, he was pissed. Like, how could they say this about Bo? I didn't remember when Bo died. I I thought that M.J. Lee uh, from CNN, you know, and and this was in the diplomatic reception room. The diplomatic reception room is the room in which I interviewed President uh, Obama. I know that room. It's a tight room. The media are like right up against you. They could have gone to a bigger room. They didn't go to a bigger room. They they went to a room where where he was like right there in the lion's den. No handler brought any order to the process. Maybe it was deliberate when they're all shouting at him. Maybe you're you're supposed to think it's like a scene from Bonfire of the Vanities. I don't know. But M.J. Lee from CNN had a pretty interesting exchange with the president. I'm going to play it for you now.
0: For months when you were asked about your age, you would respond with the words, watch me. Many American people have been watching and they have expressed concerns about your age. That is your
2: judgment. That is your judgment. That is not the judgment of the press.
0: They express concerns about your mental acuity. They say that you are too old. Mr. President, in December, you told me that you believe there are many other Democrats who could defeat Donald Trump. So why does it have to be you now? Why, what is your answer to that I'm the most question?
2: qualified person in this country to be president of the United States and finish the job I started.
4: He's in denial. First of all, that was a ballsy question. I mean, that, that really, you know, that, that takes some spine, I think, to stand right there and go toe-to-toe with the president of the United States. It was entirely appropriate, entirely appropriate. And when he said to her, you know, that's, th- what did he say? That's not an impression shared by the press. I think when he meant to say the, the public. It absolutely is the public. Is he in such denial that he doesn't know? Is he not seeing the numbers, the level of concern that exists about him among Democrats? Forget Republicans. I have things I want to share with you from the DOJ report because I I did my best to get through it last night. It's dense. I'm not going to hold myself out as expert, but I, I I want to drill down specifically on what it says about memory and speak to you about the relevance of that. So please give me a chance to do that next.
3: This is the Smirconish Podcast from SiriusXM.
4: Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. NetSuite.com slash smirconish NetSuite.com slash smirconish Welding instructor Alex DeClair knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help
0: students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash Metaverse Impact.
3: McConaughey's program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app.
4: I'm going to leave Vladimir Putin to Tucker Carlson. You know the interview that I want? The interview that I want is Mark Zwanitzer. Who? Mark Zwanitzer. Mark Zwanitzer is an author and documentary filmmaker specializing in American history and politics. He is Joe Biden's ghostwriter. And he's all over this report. And I, I'm, I'm I'm being genuine. Like, I, I can't wait to hear somebody's going to get him. Somebody's going to get him and he's going to go on camera. And I expect he'll say that, you know, this is all malarkey, uh, because after all, he's sort of a partner with the president in the books that he has published. But he's a key guy in this report. Page 207. Mr. Biden's memory also appeared to have significant limitations both at the time he spoke to Zwanitzger in 2017 as evidenced by their recorded, my emphasis, conversations. And today, as evidenced by his recorded interview with our office. Can I just stop there? Do we ever get to hear these interviews? Probably not. Probably not. But boy, they would really be illuminating. Mr. Biden's conversations with Zwanitzger from 2017 are often painfully slow with Mr. Biden struggling to remember events and straining at times to read and relay his own notebook entries. OK, let's stop right there. This is page 207 of the report. Geez, that sounds like a cheap shot. Right? Like, why, why did they have to? Why did the feds have to say painfully slow? struggling to remember events straining a time to read and relay his own notebook entries they must have it in for him they want to elect donald trump aren't you hearing that in some quarters isn't that the defense like how dare they and even worse is page 208 in his interview with our office mr biden's memory was worse he did not remember when he was vice president. Forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended, peren, if it was 2013, when did I stop being vice president? And forgetting on the second day of the interview when his term began, peren, in 2009, am I still vice president? He did not remember even within several years, When his son Bo died. And his memory appeared hazy when describing the Afghanistan debate that was once so important to him. Among other things, he mistakenly said that he had a real difference of opinion. That's a quote with General Carl Eikenberry. When in fact, Eikenberry was an ally whom Mr. Biden cited approvingly in his Thanksgiving memo to President Obama. Now, that's what really has the White House and the president upset. Hence, the unanticipated, you know, short notice provided presser last night in the diplomatic reception room. Is that a cheap shot? Does that serve a purpose? Is there some relevance to all of this? Well, there is. There is relevance to including that information. From the report, in a case where the government must prove that Mr. Biden knew he had possession of the classified Afghanistan documents after the vice presidency and chose to keep those documents knowing he was violating the law, we expect that at trial his attorneys would emphasize these limitations in his recall. In a different part of the report. In addition, Mr. Biden's memory was significantly limited, both during his recorded interviews with the ghostwriter in 2017 and in his interview with our office in 2023 and his cooperation with our investigation, including by reporting to the government that the Afghanistan documents were in his Delaware garage, will likely convince some jurors that he had made an innocent mistake rather than acting willfully, that is, with intent to break the law as the statute requires. In other words, this is being raised as an explanation by the special counsel Robert Hur as to why he's not bringing the charges. And he's not bringing the charges in part because he thinks that the jury will take pity on Biden. And that's why he's saying so. Here's another paragraph that goes right to the heart of what I'm saying. We have also considered that at trial, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury as he did during our interview of him as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Based on our direct interactions with and observations of him, he is someone for whom many jurors will want to identify reasonable doubt. It would be difficult to convince a jury that they should convict him By then, a former president well into his 80s of a serious felony that requires a mental state of willfulness. Last night, after the president's presser, I'm on the horn with my friend of 30 plus years, the distinguished trial attorney and law professor Shane Inspector. Who's been a guest on this program. And he said to me, you know, there's a way of looking at this. That the special uh, counsel, Robert Hurt, did him a favor. And I finished his sentence for him. I said, right, because if he didn't include this information, then people would be saying, why didn't you indict him? You built the case. You say that he willfully withheld this information. He had knowledge and and he shared the information. You've shown us the pictures. You walk through the timeline. You have him on tape with his ghostwriter years ago saying, oh, yeah, the classified information is downstairs. Well, why aren't you bringing charges? There had to be an answer to the issue of why they're not bringing charges. And the answer is because he's old and frail and he doesn't remember. That's why it's in the report. I didn't hear anybody. I mean, Ellie, Ellie, my buddy, Ellie Honig. I heard Ellie say these things on CNN last night. Haven't heard anybody else say it. Instead, it's just like a a left, right. Oh, you know, it's terrible. The bow, they put that information in there. Nobody seems to understand it. And maybe it's because nobody has had time. And again, I'm not expert. I did my Evelyn Wood last night. I did my speed reading. I did the best that I possibly could so that I could come on this show today and and shine a light on it. That's the big takeaway. The, The relevance, the relevance of this goes to the issue of why, having built the case, the special counsel isn't bringing charges against Joe Biden. I don't know, man, we're in a bad position. We are in a we are in a really shitty position headed into this election. And I'm not establishing moral equivalencies. There's difference between the two. But my God, are they flawed. Right. And, and you know, I mean, one is one is 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 like corrupted on a variety of different levels. And the other is, is just 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 he's lost his his fastball. And relative to the second of them, at what point do the people around him, you know, Helmut Cole, Francois Mitterrand, last night with al at, at what point do you step in and say, hey, hold on, T- time out. Let's go out with some dignity. Let's go out on top as you are. I- I'm going to say this. You're not going to like it, but I'm going to say it. If this is the situation today, what's the situation in four years? In four years. And I'll tell you something else. It's going to cause a lot of folks now to look at that ticket. Not just the top of the ticket, the ticket. I don't want to be morbid. But it's going to cause a lot of people to now look at the ticket and say, hmm, what would happen if? Those are my thoughts. Um, Ellie's going to be on a train. We're going to get him on the program. This is the Smirconish
3: podcast from SiriusXM. XM.
4: Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. with Netsuite Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash smirconish, netsuite.com slash smirconish, netsuite.com slash smirconish. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms
0: like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going
3: to be a shortage of welders.
0: VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com/metaverseimpact
3: The Michael Smirhanes program listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on Potus, Sirius XM channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app.
2: I KNOW THERE'S SOME ATTENTION PAID TO SOME LANGUAGE IN THE REPORT ABOUT MY RECOLLECTION OF EVENTS. THERE'S EVEN REFERENCE THAT I DON'T REMEMBER WHEN MY SON DIED. HOW IN THE HELL DARE HE RAISE THAT? FRANKLY, WHEN I WAS ASKED THE QUESTION, I THOUGHT TO MYSELF IT WASN'T ANY of their DAMN BUSINESS. LET ME TELL YOU SOMETHING. SOME OF YOU HAVE COMMENTED. I WEAR SINCE THE DAY HE DIED EVERY SINGLE DAY THE rosary HE GOT FROM OUR LADY OF Every Memorial Day, we hold a service, remembering him, attending by friends and family and the people who loved him. I don't need anyone. I don't need anyone to remind me when he passed away or passed away. Simple truth is I sat for a five-hour interview over two days of events going back 40 years.
4: OK, gang, let's drill down on this. What is the president referencing? Page 207 of the report from the special counsel, Mr. Biden's memory also appeared to have significant limitations, both at the time he spoke to Zwanitzer, that's the ghostwriter, in 2017, as evidenced by their recorded conversations And today, as evidenced by his recorded interview with our office, Mr. Biden's recorded conversations with Zwanitzer from 2017 are often painfully slow, with Mr. Biden struggling to remember events and straining at times to read and relay his own notebook entries. Then, page 208, in his interview with our office, Mr. Biden's memory was worse. He did not remember when he was vice president Forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended, Peren, if it was 2013, when did I stop being vice president? And forgetting on the second day of the interview when his term began, Peren, in 2009, am I still vice president? He did not remember even within several years when his son Bo died and his memory appeared hazy when describing the Afghanistan debate that was once so important to him. Among other things, he mistakenly said he had a real difference of opinion with General Carl Eikenberry when, in fact, Eikenberry was an ally whom Biden cited approvingly in his Thanksgiving memo to President Obama. The White House, the president, you heard the sound. They say essentially this was gratuitous. It was an effort to embarrass the president, and it served no other purpose to even have in the report I want to know what Ellie Honig thinks. My colleague from CNN, the legal analyst, is joining me now. He's on a train headed for Washington. Ellie, (laughs) thank you for allowing us to intrude on your ride. Let's go there. Was there relevance? Was there purpose served in including that information? There was, Michael, and and the relevance is
1: this. According to the special counsel, Robert Herr, a significant part of the reason he does not recommend criminal charges against President Biden is because faulty memory. And here's why that's legally relevant. We can talk about the political implications in a moment. Because as a prosecutor, especially in a crime like this, you have to establish the right level of intent, what we call willfulness, meaning the person acted intentionally and knowing what they were doing and understanding the nature of it. And Robert Herr, essentially, if you re, if you look at this report as a whole and you just approach the crime of willful retention of classified documents as a mechanical matter, all those elements are met. But, her says, in my discretion, one of the factors that mitigates against the criminal charge here is Joe Biden's faulty memory. And by the way, Michael, in the clip you played, Joe Biden's denial of the fact that he forgot his son's death date, it's definitely touching, it's definitely moving, I felt for him there. I don't understand his denial. Is he saying Robert Hur made that up, a prosecutor right. under DOJ right. just fabricated that? So some of his denials, the president's denials just are squarely contradicted by Robert Hur's report.
4: So, Ellie, to your point in the report, here's what her writes. In addition, Mr. Biden's memory was significantly limited, both during his recorded interviews with the ghostwriter in 2017 and in his interview with our office in 2023. And his cooperation with our investigation included by reporting to the government that the Afghanistan documents were in his Delaware garage will likely convince some jurors that he made an innocent mistake rather than acting willfully, that is, with intent to break the law as the statute requires. I had a conversation after the Biden presser last night and after watching you with my friend, the trial attorney and law professor Shane Inspector, and he said Robert Herr did Biden a favor because if Robert Herr had not included the bit about the memory, he would have had no reason other than to indict him.
1: I think that's exactly right. This is the conundrum for, for the president in this situation, because the part of the report that Joe Biden and his people, his surrogates who fanned out over the airwaves last night, are most incensed about is also the president's life raft against the criminal right. charge. So right. I, 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 you know, so he, he's in a tough spot there. I should say, though, what Robert Hur's doing in this memo in this, essentially, I I look at it as a prosecution memo, because that's essentially what this is. Uh, I wrote more than I could ever count. I've read and reviewed more than I could ever count. it's It's a fairly standard memo. And I want people to understand, when you're a prosecutor, it's not a robotic process, necessarily. You don't just say, well, the elements, the things I have to prove for the crime are A, B, and C. Do I have A, B, and C? If yes, charge. If no, don't charge. You have to have A, B, and C in order to proceed. But then you have to ask the softer factors, the discretionary factors. And that can be anything from, is this a sympathetic person? Are there going to be problems with the jury? Are we going to have a hard time convincing them of a certain fact? So it is legitimate for Robert Herr to take into account the memory. Now, Mike, I'll just tell you from my personal observation, the Joe Biden that we see, that I see on TV and, and speaking sometimes extemporaneously does not match up with the Joe Biden as described in Robert Hur's memo. I mean, if you didn't know Joe Biden, if you never seen him or heard him and you just picked up Robert Hur's memo, I would have a different impression in my mind, a very different impression in my mind than of the president. But that's how Robert Herr saw it based on his own investigation. And that was a substantial factor leaning against Robert Herr charging. The other thing I just want to say, Michael, if we're going to go back to just the mechanical part of this, the third sentence of the entire report says something like, we find that Joe Biden willfully retained and disclosed, by the way, which we can talk about. Willfully retained and disclosed classified documents. Do you know, Michael, what counts one through thirty two against Donald Trump in the Bar Lago indictment are for? Willful retention of national defense information. So just on a dry mechanical level, it's very, very similar. The memory issue is one of the defining Uh, distinctions in addition to the cooperation versus obstruction issue. Yeah, I mean, this
4: is here's how the report begins. Our investigation uncovered evidence that President Biden willfully retained and disclosed classified materials after his vice presidency when he was a private citizen. These materials included one mark marked classified documents about military and foreign policy in Afghanistan, and two notebooks containing Mr. Biden's handwritten entries about issues of national security and foreign policy implicating sensitive intelligence sources and methods. Ellie, what, what stood out to you? Let me just wipe the slate clean, and instead of leading you, let me ask Ellie Honig, as you read it, what jumped off the page to you? He knew. He knew.
1: And if you look at Joe Biden's public statements, around the time this all came to light, which was a year and change ago, I think. Yeah, I remember where I was. It was in January of 2023. The distinctive public uh, position that Joe Biden gave was, uh, I didn't really know whatever was in there was inadvertent. Oh, no, folks. He absolutely knew. They have him on tape. They have a recording of him talking to his autobiographer, his ghostwriter, and at one point he references, he says, oh, the classified documents are downstairs or the classified documents are in the right. basement. So right. A, he knew, and B, and B, Michael, he actually has a motive. And, and motive sometimes sounds a little more loaded than it is. Motive just means, was there a reason for what he did? And his motive brings to mind another case, and you're going you're to know what this is when I start to lay out the motive, I think. His motive was he wanted to shape his own position the way he yep. viewed in history, because He felt it was very important that he was on the right side of policy with Afghanistan, in contrast to the man who served under, Barack Obama. He felt like Obama was wrong. He wanted to preserve those documents, and he wanted to make them part of the historical record. Does that bring to mind anyone? I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but there's a case that's very, very similar to this that resulted in a criminal charge and a misdemeanor guilty plea a few
4: years ago. Do you know who I'm talking about? No, you're you're embarrassing me. Tell me.
1: Oh, sorry about that. (laughs) General David Petraeus. Oh, absolutely. I mean, very, of course. Of course. Yes. A very, a very well-respected person, I mean a revered person at one point, and he was prosecuted federally by DOJ because he took classified documents and gave them to his biographer because he wanted to shape a positive narrative. Now, there's a distinction. Petraeus's conduct was worse. He lied to the FBI, but he was prosecuted. He pled guilty to a misdemeanor. So the motive there uh, is clear. This wasn't just – you know. and even if you look at the Trump documents case – it's not entirely clear what his motive is. It's a little bit like an angry, well, screw it, I'm on my way out. Those are mine. I'm taking them. But he doesn't have as clear-cut a motive as Biden, a reason to do it.
4: Okay, Ellie, uh, two other questions, if I may. Uh, I, too, took note of the fact that that the ghostwriter interview was recorded. And then I'm looking at page 207, where Robert Hur says, you know, as evidenced in his recorded interview with our office, is there any prospect that the public gets to hear either of those recordings?
1: I think it's doubtful that the public will ever hear that recording. Uh, The way this works, and it's important that people understand the process here. Robert Herr is a special counsel. He was appointed to the position by Merrick Garland. Uh, Merrick Garland has appointed a lot of special counsels, most famously Jack Smith. I I wrote a piece a few months ago about the forgotten special counsel, which is Robert Hur, similar to what Robert Mueller was. When Robert Hur has finished his report, he is required by the federal, federal regulations to write a report of his findings to submit that to the AG, who in turn is to submit that to Congress. Now, whether the evidence comes out, if this was a trial, if this was to be a charge in a trial, and, if, and that evidence became trial evidence, which it surely would, then, yes, it would become public. But in this scenario, I don't know of a legal provision that would make the underlying evidence public. Think about the Mueller case, right? There's a lot of recordings, a lot of documents referenced in the Mueller report that have never become public.
4: Well, and by the way, the Mueller report laid out all the bad behavior by Trump, even though there was no there was no indictment of Trump uh, for that which Mueller was investigating him. Right. Obstruction, collusion. But still, the the whole thing got all the laundry got laid out for public inspection.
1: It's a great point. I, I want to address two complaints that I've heard from people defending Biden. One of them is Biden's team actually said at one point that Robert Herr, quote, over investigated really what what's the contrary position he under do we want a prosecutor under investigating case like this that's a bizarre defense the other defense i've heard aired is oh this is just gross how, how could he air the dirty laundry in a 300 plus page report when he doesn't even recommend a charge that's unfair you know who else did that robert muller and you know why because they were both required to and you know who else did not recommend a charge he was ambiguous and squishy robert muller never recommended a charge 400 plus pages this is what these special counsels do, Mike. I'm going back to when they were before they were even special counsel, but when it was Ken Star and going back, it, it, a special counsel inherently will dig in and maybe overdo it. But this is what happens when you in a special counsel, and I think a Garland deserves some attention here, maybe negative, depending on your point of view, because Merrick Garland seems to, at a certain point, have adopted the view that his solution to all of his problems was special counsel. Right? He, he, had, he inherited John Durham. He named Robert Hur. He named David Weiss, the Delaware U.S. attorney, to be special counsel on the Hunter Biden case. He named Jack Smith. He seems to think it's this easy way to cushion himself or to cop out. It's way more complicated than that.
4: Final observation from yours truly. The photos are damning. I mean, I was horrified when I saw the pictures from Mar-a-Lago, the callous nature with which our classified information was being treated in Trump's home. But my God, Biden did the same thing in the garage and in a variety of offices. He was he was reckless. They were both careless. There are differences between the cases. You know, they did it for different reasons. Biden cooperated probably when he saw what was happening to Trump. Trump was recalcitrant. But, but each of them really did not right by the public in the way they treated our information.
1: Yeah, I agree. Th- those images are, are really going to horrible. I mean, I- images are indelible. You know, I heard people when, when the when the Trump documents photos came out. I heard people say, and I thought it was a good point. I heard I heard someone say, you know, when I see those documents, I don't see pieces of paper. I see human beings because those documents contain secrets that could endanger our people overseas. I worked with those people, and I thought that's a great point. Well, guess what? Same thing applies. In fact, Robert Hur says in the report that these documents could have revealed sensitive personnel, meaning informants and that kind of thing. So say, Hey, look, you, you want it one way with Donald Trump. I'm not saying you're right, Michael, not the exact case. The right. same case, Donald Trump's case is worse. The cooperation versus obstruction, isn't it? Very important difference probably is the biggest reason Trump got indicted, but you want it one way with one of them. You got, you know, there's a lot of similarities that now apply the other way too.
4: Ellie, treat yourself in the club car and thank you. I'm going to get a
1: full caffeinated coffee today, Mike.
4: I'm <laughs> Thank you, Ellie. I hope I see you on Thanks. TV you this soon. weekend. See ya. All right. All right. You. Wow, that was great. Thank you so much to Ellie Honig.
3: Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.
0: Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app.
3: Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com.
0: Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds.